Hi, I'm Alex, and this is Six Seasons in a Podcast. I'm doing something uh, kind of different this week. I don't really do this. I don't dive into episodes. You know, there are better podcasts out there, including my guest this week, for, for, for doing that kind of thing. Um, but I was inspired by um, kind of some events that happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and I wanted to talk about Advanced Dungeons & Dragons with my new friends. So the Greendale 3, a.k.a. Advanced Community Studies Podcast. Um, welcome to Six Seasons in a Podcast. Hello. Honored Hello. to be back. Honored to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Um, so that uh, the Greendale Three is Jace, Caleb, and Kevin. Um, and I think before we want to get started, I wanted uh, you all to tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, that can include things like how long you've been a community fan, what are your favorite characters, um, something like that. Whoever um, wants to start. I'll go ahead and jump right in. My name's Jace. Uh, I use they, them pronouns. I'm a trans, non-binary, uh, I don't know, a theater creator and performer, as well as uh, activist and um, all-around chaotic person. No, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I got into community when I was in college. I don't really remember what inspired it. I think it was like seeing it on Hulu and being like, you know, I've heard about this show. Let me give it a shot. You know, big fan of Donald Glover, um, and I knew little bits of it. You know, little references from it, and uh, I was fully encaptured by it. Specifically, uh, as a young AMAB person that was uh, coming into their queerness, super, super fascinated and completely encaptured by the wonderful portrayal of Troy and Abed's friendship. I think it is the most wholesome and best representation of male platonic friendship in the entire TV world. Like I have not hmm. found a male friendship that I find to be more wholesome and exciting and uh, subversive yet still appealing. I, I think it's fantastic. So that's my, that's my love for the show is Troy and Abed in the morning or at night. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's really helpful. You might win me back to Troy and Abed. Cause I've said like, uh, as I get older, I'm like, yeah, it's all like, but no, I think you just won me back to like, oh, they're the very immature. Why... Like they're when these nerds grow up. Oh, that's the charm of it. They are, they, they are like the youngest ones aside from Annie. They're the youngest ones in the squad. Mm, yeah. But to me, especially the time when this show was on the air, like to have a friendship portrayed like that between two guys where literally when there are gay jokes made towards them, right, in an area where homophobic jokes are all too commonplace. Mm. And even present in this show, they, instead of being like offended or upset by it when they're called gay, they just say, they're just jealous. And that to me <laughs> is like the most beautiful subversion of the trope. And so that's, that's why it does it for my little queer heart. No, that's that's really helpful because I, I I think when you uh, personally when I you know have a, a moment where I'm like curmudgeonly like approaching something, mm -hmm. I want to like squash it with with a good reason. And I think that I don't know I'm thinking out loud, but like I think that's a really great analysis that makes me go, oh, shut up, Alex! Like, <laughs> oh, this is really a beautiful thing. So you won me back. That was really helpful. Thank I'm you. I'm so happy to be the spokesperson for Troy and Abed's friendship. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it really is. Is I think it, what it was is I watched the episode. Um, it's a communication study. No, it's the episode with the the teenagers and the yes. um, 
the the art where, of discourse. Yeah, yeah art of, uh, art the of one discourse. where Jeff Winger tries to bang that kid's mom. And more specifically, <laughs> Troy and Abed do their little college trope thing, and I was yes, like, it's really yes. But like, I didn't. I was like, eh, that's so. Eh. But like, <laughs> I found that to be a beautiful moment of satire and ironic representation of what is expected of male friendship, and yeah. to show how they were able to exhibit those tropes in completely weird ways, like yeah. without the same sense of misogyny that's typically paired with them. I mean, it's yes. still there a little bit, but like just the way that they're it, like, it's super funny because they're doing all these expected tropes uh, forced upon them, which is hilarious because when they happen in movies, they actually feel forced. And in this mm. circumstance, when they're forcing it, they don't feel forced, which is awesome. Um, I just, to, it's to me, everything about their friendship is like subversion of the typical male best friends. And that I love. Yeah, damn it! You're do- you've done a good job. Thank you. I, I really, I'm serious, serious about that. Uh, thank you. Cool. Um, all right, who's who's next? Um, I'll I'll go. I'll I'll take do it. it. Uh, do I it. am uh, Kevin Lanigan, one of the Greendale Three. Uh, I'm a, a filmmaker and a podcaster and a, an amateur uh, cartoonist, I suppose. Uh, I am a, a big uh, Britta Perry fan. I love that uh, deeply flawed <laughs> uh, yes. woman. And uh, uh, Gillian uh, plays her incredibly. Um, to I love the current trend we are on of seeing just how right and just how wrong Britta was the entire time. Uh, there's <laughs> So many no no community meme is getting passed around more than Britta's I can excuse racism, but I draw a line <laughs> in animal cruelty. And you just sub in animal cruelty for whatever it is you want. Um, but uh, she also uh, has these uh, great moments that the cops are just another gang. Look, I hate cops, uh, etc. <laughs> Me uh, too. Me her too. Delivery, her delivery of look. <laughs> I hate cops. It just holds and holds. It's beautiful. Um, And if I think there are two undersung characters, I love the season six editions of uh, Frankie Dart and Elroy Potashnik. I think they are both incredible, and they both kill every episode that they're in. I heard a deep sigh from somebody. Uh Uh-oh, wasn't me. Is that you, Alex? Oh, no, if it was, it was me like sighing to prepare myself for, yes, I absolutely agree with you. I was sucking in the oxygen to agree with you. I needed enough in my lungs to say that you were right, Kevin. An enthusiastic, yes. No, I do this thing where I breathe in like real heavily, like, and then, you know, laugh. But anyway, so. It's good. No, it's no, dramatic. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really, no, I completely agree. I love Britta. After like watching this show like a thousand times, um, I, she grows on me. Um, she gets some of the best like monologues and, and like, you know, anyway. So I, I could go on. So that's cool. And I, I agree. Uh, I think Elroy's. Um, Incest wedding, uh, encouraging white people. (laughs) Um, Here's a guy who knows how to marry his cousin. It's a top five community joke, and it is so, so funny. And, uh, of course, it's legendary Keith David. Keith David, who is good in literally everything. It's incredible. Yep. Yep. All right, Caleb, you're up. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm the third one of this group of... Hobos. Um, <laughs> That's pronounced in, in, homo. 
<laughs> nope. Nope. Wasn't going to say that. Um, That's why I said it. It's, it's more accurate than it's not accurate. You know? It's true. It's true. Percent, if we're doing the percentages, it's more accurate. It's close. Not. It's not yeah. It's not the whole truth. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was speaking solely for myself. I apologize. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, we. I would never want to erase your bisexuality. Yeah, Caleb, thank you. I'm something. No, Caleb, we've talked about it. Kinsey's scale is a very appropriate scale, so we'll go yeah, for Sure, that. sure, sure. Um, much in defiance of Kevin, I'm the nerd who does not have plans of growing up. Um, I'm a uh, game developer and game journalist and amateur voice actor and uh, I've directed voiceover for a game as well. Um, yeah, my main grind is making that that sweet content about Vidge games, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but my uh, my Troy and Abed, I think are what got me through some pretty pretty intense working in a city I didn't know really well times when I moved to St. Louis. I'd grown up here, but I didn't uh, live there for any of my adult life and then just moved down here and got a job in a restaurant, and the restaurant sucked. Hmm. And community was like, hey, I can be happy before I go to bed <laughs> so, so that I don't go to bed thinking the world sucks. I just wake up and go, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, if I had to like I'm probably a good mixture of Troy and Abed. Mm-hmm. If you had to mix like the dorky, I played varsity baseball throughout high school athlete with like, I can tell you probably more than you'd want to know about just about every large game company in the world, <laughs> because I just, for some reason, have that kind of information in my head. Uh, I'm that. Awesome. Yeah. And I came to community in 2014. So okay. post it being done. Xbox had a, if you have Xbox Live Gold, you get three months of uh, Hulu in this trial. So I was like, fuck it. And then started watching Community and was like, oh shit. Wow. And I've had a Hulu account ever since. Thanks, Xbox One. <laughs> Thank you, Hulu. And and now it's on Netflix. And even more fans are coming to the, the, uh, the game, which is yes. great. Yeah. Yes, except I can tell you, I was slightly offended. <laughs> That the pilot episode on Netflix is different than the pilot episode on Hulu. It is. It threw me off. It is. It's the like. It's the, the pilot TV episode on cut. Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the cut that they would air on like Comedy Central. Sometimes that happens with long episodes of TV. They'll run in their original format the first time, but then every subsequent time is like a reduced version. And the Netflix uh, community pilot is the reduced version of the pilot. So what's missing? Sorry, I completely did not realize this. It's not a ton. It's like, it's You're like mi- three minutes total. The like- Elizabeth Shue reference, um, there's a little bit cut out of, it's just a lot of like fat trimmed or a lot of like cutaways to Duncan reaction shots that have been trimmed. It's It's nothing, it's nothing drastic. I apologize for that alarm going off. That's my daily reminder to get exercise during quarantine. But uh, <laughs> I decided a podcast would be better. <laughs> Do some crunches <laughs> while podcasting. Yes. Yeah, there you go. West, it is it is demanded of you. All right. So my next question was, what is your podcast like? And so uh, <laughs> this uh, check ten with, minutes of introductions hasn't check. been enough of. A- <laughs> yeah, we uh, we do this. Uh, something will strike our fancy. We'll go on long, wild uh, conversations about like 
the history of soap operas or uh Fred... or Jake Gyllenhaal's whitewashing of Prince of Persia. Yeah. yeah. Or Fred <laughs> Flintstone at the Chipotle drive-through. Just the like Marvel you name it. Oh my god, we did. We yeah. the Russo brothers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has come up several times over. Yeah. Well, so basically this. We do talk about the American television comedy community. Uh but we we, we also talk <laughs> about a lot of other things. Do you talk about cats, though? Um, oh, the, the, the famous I Kevin and I be. talked about it, and it was we had a pretty good time. And I can't wait to post that episode uh, along with this one. Uh, oh my goodness! The uh, yeah, it was pretty great. Kevin, the, I I I, I want to jump in here because I was able to play a little part in Kevin's Cats podcast a couple times <laughs> over. That was so much fun. I I've actually been in Cats twice as a musical theater performer. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, well, that's a word for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, yo, I can't believe that you just brought cats into this. Do they do they make any cats references? I know they do the whole uh, black uh, fiddler on the roof joke. Which is, know? again, like a top five community joke. That, <laughs> that, that joke is so fucking to be Jewish in Russia. But I don't know if there's a cat's reference. I can't no, I don't, I don't think there's any explicit cat references. The closest you can get is the Dean coming in as Catwoman at one point. That is, hmm. I think, the closest we can get. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, <laughs> as someone that just watched the, the Tom Hooper's Cats for a second time just a couple Did weeks ago really? um i must at all times be restrained from talking about cats it's really <laughs> like the only thing i care about you know it's it's, <laughs> it's this community and loss that's those are the only uh, three things i care about at all uh so out. if you can get me going about cats you will not be able to stop me i think we should uh pull out all while right, we're ahead all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ab- abort 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've uh, we've nailed down what your podcast is like. Um, so I, I'm I'm happy to uh, that uh, listeners will be uh, will experience something magical. So uh, you know, folks, you know, go watch, go listen to their podcast. It's really fun, and uh, I think it's now it's time to uh, let's talk about uh, the elf in the room. Uh, elf? Oh, goodness. goodness. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. Bravo. I hated that, but I also loved it. <laughs> I must respect it, unfortunately. I must give it up. I, as a sophomore dad, am very pleased. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on vacation here with my brother and my dad. And, you know, so I, I, I've told you I'm a dad myself. So what we do is when we, we, we go down that route and make the dad joke, we uh, don't care about what everyone else has said. We go, dads, and, and ask for their approval of the dad jokes. <laughs> oh, that's a great <laughs> bit. That's a good bit. I like Hello, that. Hello, dads. So, um, so Caleb, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dad right. solidarity we love to see it <laughs> yep. i tried to find a pun immediately and i stopped myself <laughs> all right um so something significant happened recently and there was an episode of community that was taken off the streaming platforms and it was advanced dungeons and dragons is there someone who feels um like they could explain the situation better than i could uh sure yeah um that's i mean i don't know if there's a, a way to describe it better but like <laughs> yeah no i, I don't without, mean that i don't mean that i mean no 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 yeah. but I, I don't mean to like come after how you described it i'm pointing out that like that's really all we know right like just one day it was oh 
the yeah. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons uh, episode in its entirety has been pulled from uh, Netflix, and then it followed on Hulu, and uh, they pulled it because it featured featured is a strong word because it's like two minutes. Um, but because seconds. it has a yeah. character yeah. in blackface in it. Yeah. Um, and I remember, uh, to perhaps to get into the weeds a little bit, I remember Kevin sharing this with our group <laughs> and reading it and typing my literal first reaction, which was just, what? <laughs> Why? Like, I, wh- what? I think it was, I, I might check the archive now. I think it was what's with like four, nine A's. Like it was, yeah, it was, just, like, it was what? what? um and so yeah like that's in the beginning of this episode chang is in costume as a dark elf and he's wearing black uh makeup and it appears to be yeah yeah appears to be it appears as if it could be blackface and when shirley makes a uh an observation of (laughs) are we just gonna ignore this hate crime over here he very, very quickly and calmly says, I'm actually a dark elf. Uh, and that's really it. He hmm. dies relatively quickly. Um, but rather than cutting out that first chunk, uh, they've decided to remove an entire episode that I think isn't a really important episode. Uh, it is that a good enough yeah, introduction? No. <laughs> yeah, and, and, the- and exactly. And, and my question, when I, I, I routed everything out, it, my question was, can someone explain the situation? And so I was like self-deprecating <laughs> and going, can you explain it better than me? That's how that's how I filtered it through my... Sure. It was like, I, I don't, you know, um, I, I'm self-deprecating in that everyone can do everything better than I can. I, that's like how I, my default of yeah. the thing. So you saw right. the, the Nike ads that were like, or Gatorade ads that were like, I can do anything you can do better. And you were like, probably. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at least I'm thirsty, um, you know, but right. And you have that red sweat coming off of you. I'm like very upset. Uh, for the record, it was 11 A's. It was wait, what? With 11 A's. He I pulled did. up the receipts and he Accuracy. counted. Accuracy. Yeah. Accuracy in journalism. Look, if we're going to talk about accountability <laughs> in community, we have to talk about accountability in real life. For no, ourselves, think, on our show. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I mean, for me, as someone that, you know, also grapples. Look, let's not beat around the bush. Community does have problematic jokes. Yep. I for don't sure. think... Any TV show made in this era, let me rephrase that, any TV show, period, comma, whatever. <laughs> any, I don't think that that's not a thing, when, especially within the American you know, television canon. Like we, uh, it's a country founded on racism and genocide and colonialism. It's pervasive throughout our culture. So the thing that bothers me as far as accountability is twofold. One, we have a history of looking at movies and such from like the 50s and earlier, like Casablanca, where if we air it on TV or we put it somewhere, we've put a little bumper up front that says like, there's racism in this, like this was reflective of the time. And I think it is a massive disservice for us to treat more recent examples as something different, because Hmm. what that does is it implies that when we said, oh, no, racism is solved, we have a black president, it reinforces that falsehood by saying, let's just get rid of everything that was racist from this time, instead of acknowledging, no, it's still here. Um, and I think the other thing for me uh, is the the double, I don't want to call it a double standard because it isn't necessarily 
that related. They are, uh, you know, systems of oppression are related. But the the topic of discussion within America has been focused on Black Lives Matter movement, movement for Black Lives, um, and all this stuff right now. So the conversation has gone this way, and we're seeing a lot of uh, corporations respond in a very specific way of, you know, trying to play their part uh, and essentially doing everything except for what's being asked, which is uh, defunding and abolishing the police. Um, but for me, I get frustrated because I look at the season one finale where they throw around a literal slur, like the mm-hmm. T-slur is used. Um, and that episode's perfectly still up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's aggravated. And I can look at it from one perspective and be like, well, if you get rid of the season one finale, you have no idea what's going on. Fair. But I would also argue thematically and like centrally for the essence of this show, that could also be said about Dungeons and Dragons. Because this is a pivotal moment for these character yeah. developments you mm-hmm. know so it's it's frustrating yeah. to see how it was handled as far as accountability because i think that it was a cop-out my little white self thinks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well i think it's like um why i wanted to talk about it because i've heard enough narratives out there on twitter and and i think it's important for uh, influencers like ourselves to really just 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 dissect the actual situation and look at this the scene and you um Caleb you did a great job explaining kind of the 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 situation um and how the the scene plays out you know it's really a scene about perception you know uh Chang yeah. is dressed up as a drow elf you know his lack of perception or his lack of uh uh you know they they write that into his character that there he's basically you know, lacks any awareness that this is problematic and could be deemed offensive. Now we could say, you know, our costumes, you know, is it inherently bad to wear? I mean, because if we're drawing this line now, you know, is a drow elf never acceptable ever again? You know, or is it just, just in this case where, it's clearly they're making commentary about blackface. I mean, because Shirley's character perceives it as blackface, rightly so. She doesn't know what a a drow elf is, right? You know, so so she's like, what the hell? Um, And Pierce, he doesn't know what a drow elf is. What does he perceive it as? He goes, I kill blackface or I attack blackface. You know, like he's saying, yeah, he calls him Al Jolson from the, from the jazz singer. Yeah, exactly. So, they are this, you know. <laughs> well, we could also talk about. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. That's exactly. That movie is fucking offensive to everybody. That yep. movie is offensive to black people, yep. Jewish people. It covers everybody. Right, right, and and so that's what I that's what I think. Like so, if, let's. So I think that that addresses people who say, "Well, this isn't blackface." Well, the jokes and the situation, the commentary is definitely about blackface. Like let's let's take that off the table that this is not about blackface this is definitely about blackface now we could have the conversation about i hope everyone agrees with that right i think we're on the same right, right i right. agree I well, think, yeah. yeah i i yeah. would i would say i mean not that you know my perspective is one that's on the same level as a black person in america but i think that sure. there is we can acknowledge blackface existing in multitudes and that blackface can exist 
functionally as blackface, but blackface can also exist outside of the assumed function of blackface. Hmm. In this circumstance, blackface isn't functioning the way that blackface functions, but it still is existing. It's kind of like the Confederate flag, right? The Confederate flag functioned at one point in history. Now it doesn't function. It just exists, but it still has that same meaning behind it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it is valuable to point out that this episode to me, and I'm sure there's people with different opinions, but to me, this episode does not feature blackface, but it discusses blackface. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't want to rehash all of my argument from our podcast, but I also understand, Alex, that your podcast may not have listened to that episode. <laughs> sure. Um, Go listen to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you don't deserve my explanation twice. <laughs> no, um, what I said on our on our show was that, like, what this is, like, blackface, when we're going to talk about blackface, right, is when someone puts on the black grease makeup and plays up a stereotype or a caricature of a black person for comedic and the biggest quotations you can make comedic Hmm. value. Um, And like, that's not at all what this is, right? Hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have Chang saying things in an ebonic accent. You don't have Chang throwing up gangs, like none of that stuff. Yeah. Chang's like, no, I'm a drow. And then like proceeds to just be him. And so when I saw that it was removed as blackface with the reason I had 11 A's in my what was like, why? Hmm. No one asked who asked for this. Yeah. Um, Right. (laughs) In the middle of all of this, it was like, who was crying for this community episode to be uh, taken down? It's that butterfly meme of like remove it's like someone points to the butterfly it says removing uh dungeons and dragons from community and then it says is this defunding the police (laughs) (laughs) exactly and like there's i think we i think we talked about this too like there's there's if this accounts as blackface like and i know this conversation has been had but if this counts as blackface then like all the white dudes dressed as uruk high in the lord of the rings trilogy were also in blackface hmm. because they were all wearing darker makeup than their skin. And like, I don't think that's how that works. Hmm. Um, but also, and again, I'll, I'll step down after this, but <laughs> I also think that like, this was an example of what Trevor Noah once described as people being too woke for their own good. <laughs> where there's an instance where Trevor Noah is walking down the street with his friends who are all white in New York and someone like across the street yelled something that had the word monkey in it. And his friend turned around and was like, Oh my God, Trevor, I'm so sorry. And he's like, wait, why do you think that was directed at me? (laughs) And his friends are like, well, it wasn't any of us. And he's like, no, hold on. That's racist. Um, And like, it makes me a little upset that Netflix was like, Oh, this must be racist. And just took it down Mm. without like doing any, yeah it just seems like this was i mean i i would this is this is a weird thing from like someone that cares deeply about storytelling and the narratives that we tell certain existences through just like through my trans lens um i would look at a movie like the help and be like i find this to be (laughs) almost worse than that episode simply because it reinforces this white 
white uh, savior white savior narrative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, but Netflix not only did they not get rid of it, but they started boosting it. They were like, they were like, y'all should watch this. And he's watch the help right now. Person, this is the movie that act- will fix everything. The help. <laughs> every, this is every it. single black activist I know. When when that started happening, was like posting everywhere, like, "Hey, please don't fucking watch this. <laughs> like, don't watch this. Don't watch the Green Book. Don't watch Three Billboards Over Whatever Missouri. Don't do it. Just don't. Like, that's not the way you educate yourselves. And for them to be able to like f- focus on a specific thing, yes, one is a hate crime, sure. But I would say, arguably, what Caleb was saying, this is actually a really good point. This is them." talking about blackface the other is fully propaganda mm-hmm. absolutely and we could i mean this this podcast could be 19 hours long and we will not have fully dissected uh western fantasy literature and its relationship mm-hmm. to race oh uh, yeah. we could there's a very deep conversation we can have about yeah. tolkien's use of uh orcs and uurks as like a din a an example of the darker They're complexions. brutal, violent sub-beasts who happen yeah. to be dark, <laughs> and the elves are pure, angelic, intelligent, and they are white as the fresh fallen snow. They're white as I am, you know? And those are, like, yeah. what we should aspire to be. This, and if the, we want to give Dan Harmon the benefit of the doubt, we could even say that he might have been very consciously making a commentary oh, on fantasy yeah. tropes. No, this was on purpose. I'm fully, I fully believe what you're saying, Jace, that, like, Dan Harmon knew this conversation about what what fantasy has had as a conversation about dark elves and orcs are just black in D&D. They're just black. That's how they're treated. That's they're like, are they combatants or are they not? Which is literally how I've felt when I've walked into a white establishment in half Mm. my life. Right. Is like, should they be afraid of me or not? Like Yeah. Those races, those classes, whatever you want to describe them as, right? right? Whether you're playing a game or, or mm-hmm. reading a book, whatever. Those have always been kind of contentious. And I think Dan Harmon had to have been aware of that. Because when Shirley says, are we going to ignore this hate crime? And and Chang says, oh, no, I'm a drow. I'm a dark elf. Like, my brain, I had to pause it the first time and be like, yo. Whoa. <laughs> so, like, this is the, simultaneously commented on blackface. And then how it's not blackface, but then how fantasy assumes the darker complexion races in fantasy mm-hmm. are parallel with the darker complexion races on the planet. Yeah, it, I thought I think it's really loaded. Yeah. And so I think just writing it off as eh, um, is is nearsighted. And that's we haven't even gotten to the there point. There is someone's that perspective the that I do really important. want to know about this episode that I also don't think we will easily get their perspective on it. And it's Yvette Nicole Brown. I am dying to know yeah. what her thoughts are on this because Has she responded? She, I'm gonna I, who the, knows? I mean she's very only, vocal on Twitter and yeah and such. The, and I think, you know, especially when we're talking about, you know, the leaders of these discussions, like black women, like we have to acknowledge they are with you know vast majority of the time they are the leaders um and so i i you know it's I, it's just you know what what is what does event think what does she think that's one of the weirdest things about this to me is that okay so when 30 rock pulled its blackface episodes plural mm-hmm. 
uh, Tina Fey was the voice behind that. When Scrubs pulled its blackface episodes, the, uh, Zach Braff and them immediately did like a 40 minute podcast about like essentially how sorry they were. The only there are three people in the four people from the television show community that I've heard say anything about this. It's Darson Solomon, uh, who um, joins the the cast in later seasons. And he uh, spoke out about like, this is kind of an empty gesture. Uh, mm-hmm. Charlie Kuntz, uh, obviously being like this, one of the central actors of the episode is like, you know, this was an important episode to me, but I understand Ken Jong opened his first darkest timeline after this event took after the episode was pulled and he was like essentially just said i am truly sorry if anyone was hurt and did not advocate any further uh in one direction or another but like i haven't heard dan say anything i haven't uh heard hardly any of the other cast members say anything like it's very strange this doesn't feel to me like the 30 rock or the scrubs cases where the creators of the show requested the episodes be pulled. This Mm -hmm. feels like an empty gesture from Netflix, either someone at Sony, but it was weird because it took Hulu a few more days to pull it off, which Mm -hmm. says to me, this was like the streaming platforms working independently, like making this decision of their own accord. But like Netflix still has bright which also uses orcs as like a replacement for black people or oh, it also says fairy lives don't matter in the first like five yeah, minutes that's of one the of movie. the <laughs> first lines of the fucking movie i can go on amazon prime right now and a movie that is currently offered on their catalog is called watermelon man about a <laughs> white man turning into a black man and like <sighs> so I, i'm just confused Whoa. There's this line, and it seems to be a gerrymandered red line. Uh, Yeah, go go ahead. I just want to interrupt just for a second. You can keep talking. I just want to say, fuck Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Just sneak that one in there. That's that's the whole thought. Literally, send tweet. Fuck Jeff Bezos, send tweet. Please continue. That's it. That's the tweet. But yeah, it's this... This is not one of those situations where there is a hard and fast line. It's a gerrymandered red line. It's like one of these weird county borders where they've just like specifically outlined certain cases and then widely move around other cases. It's empty. It's It's the same thing as the Democratic Party taking a kneel in silent protest, which makes me so mad because... (laughs) If we let's just break this down real quick. You're the ones with power. Do something. Yeah, no, about they're it. literally they are literally protesting themselves. It's like we're mad at you. You can't say I understand you're mad at me. I'm mad at me too. And then do nothing. And then literally become be like your form of protest, your action is to literally be silent. It's like that's the opposite of what we want you to do. God damn it. While reappropriating black culture and embroidering like the Lincoln <gasps> Memorial on it, I just it was it's a mess. It's a mess. I think that's what we're seeing a lot of right now is empty gestures from people who are acting like they don't have power because they are unwilling to acknowledge the role money plays in our system. And it's like, look, if we're gonna just like ignore 
the fact that Netflix is a monster and so is Hulu and all these other, you know, massive groups like they have influence and they could do something if they wanted to. They could take their multiple millions of dollars and do something to affect actual legitimate change. Um, but it's much easier and much flashier. It gets more clicks. It gets more views. It gets more likes to do something like that where you say we're 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 removing this it's it's it feels like somebody saw a bunch of activists tear down a confederate memorial and they were like let's do that with a tv show completely missing how they're different things absolutely Mm. i also hmm, i also see this less as that and more as someone walked in and went, hey, so I was watching this and uh, is this bad? And people were like, it would be racist if we had to ask. So why don't we just take it down? Because like I also see Netflix as like huge uh, Black Lives Matter tableau that they like updated the app with when when um, all these protests started happening. Mm-hmm. I saw that as more like, a, oh. Now you want to focus on us. Mm-hmm. And I felt that more than I felt this was that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this being pulled really, it could be either way, right? I can't say, none of us can say with any surety which one it is. Um, but it just felt like somebody saw it and was like, eh, this makes me uncomfortable and I don't want to ask because that make a, make, make me look even but worse. Uh, it's, here's the other thing that, that I keep thinking about. Uh, uh, like how many times does Pierce just straight up do like make racist jokes in this entire show? Or when he's in he's in brownface when he does the Swami character. That's that's triple blown brownface. That's not even like under the guise of a metaphor. That's fully like messed up. But but it but it works with Pierce. Because he's already the old racist ass white right. dude. I mean, I and I nobody pers- likes him when he does it, right? So <laughs> I personally I have- view that as lampshading, which I've talked about extensively on on advanced community studies, as like the idea that as long as we're pointing out that it's a problem, we're we're implying to a greater audience that it's still laughable uh, and kind of harmless, when in reality it it's harmful. Like when you watch Big Bang Theory and they're like, Sheldon, that's sexist. And it's like, oh, see, misogyny solved. It's like, no, you're still being misogynistic. Like, this is, it's, so the term lampshading is, I'm sure you can figure out, it's like playing hide and seek and putting a lampshade over your head. It's like, you're still clearly right fucking there. (laughs) Wait, that doesn't work? My kid's always fooled. <laughs> your kid's always fooled. Is that what you just said? She's she's always fooled by that. I'm worried about well, there your kid. You go. <laughs> I think she's I think she's placating. Oh, she's playing oh. into it. Yes, and from the kid, she's humoring you. That's fun. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Let's get into. I'm not even the host of this podcast, and I was about to change subjects. No, I, I, uh, I was actually about to say, let's talk about what we lose by removing this episode. This is literally what I was going to say to you. Right. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. 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 I mean, as yeah. uh, someone, I don't speak for the entire uh, depressed community, uh, <laughs> but as someone... Oh, we're a community to. now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but as someone who has suffered from depression for, like, as long as... I, like, the second puberty hit, so did, like, manic depression, you know. Um, 
and as someone who, not to get too personal, has like uh, contemplated or attempted suicide a plural number of times, that was a long time ago, but still, um, this episode is such a tender portrayal of like the the power that human empathy and just like genuine friendship can play in the lives of someone that that has a a um i don't i don't even know if this is the proper application of the term but a mental illness or a or a, a, sure. a something that is not chemically experiencing correct. ideations if you yes will. exactly like the the <clears throat> the role that all of this can play and like no one comes out of advanced dungeons and dragons looking better than neil neil uh neil neil's the hero you love him i know that i've like cried for him in this episode um and to lose that it feels and you know it's it's weighing one thing against another obviously we have thoughts about how severe the chang thing is but to to lose that episode and if you're just talking like narratively to lose this moment in the pierce villain arc to lose like this Mm -hmm. incredible introduction of neil i know it's not his like first appearance but it's like the first time he really comes into the show um i'd even say one of the only times we really get to actually dive into his character yeah, for sure. And and to Except lose, for when he smashes the yams. To lose one yeah. of the funniest episodes of a sitcom I've ever seen in my entire life. Like it's just such a an incredible work that to to erase all of that because of this weird not and it because of this weird moment with Chang that is not even community's worst moment of painting a character to look like a different race because i think pierce does it with an asian uh persona in season four if i remember correctly i haven't seen it since it aired um that it just feels phony it just feels hollow and there's something kind of tragic about that that's just one again very snow white person's perspective on this i agree i don't i don't know if everyone in this group has experienced depression but like it's this episode, I I told you guys when this started, right? That like this was uh, this show was introduced to me at a time where like I needed it mm-hmm. very much, and I binged it very much. <laughs> so I got to this episode quickly. Um, sure, you know, three episodes a night for like two weeks gets you here. Um, so I wasn't even that far into the into my time with the show, and uh, like watching just like (laughs) Pierce being such an asshole, right? And just feeling like the world often when you're in that mood, when, when your brain is not allowing you to be happy and like, you just see everything that happens around you as the world rubbing your family sword across its ball sack. Like, Hmm. yeah, like, I there's a lot of moments in this episode where I see Neil's face and I go, yep, I know exactly what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his his ability to come to the realization at the end that like he's okay now. He's got people around him. And then mm-hmm. they start feeling bad for the people that were the bad actors. He starts feeling bad for Pierce. 
Uh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, um, I think there's also something really neat about how this is also happening concurrently. Like, we know from the top that this is, like, Neil's favorite game. This is one of his absolute favorite things. And I think that that's also such a, on a, like, a minute level, I think it's really important to show that, like, hey, look, it's not just that, like, depression is you're sad every once in a while. It's, like, even your favorite things in the world lose their flavor, lose their spice, you know? And to be able to see it told as a narrative through one of his favorite things is kind of a really appropriate way of telling the story of someone struggled through depression because it makes it very clear that this is more than just like, I'm happy right now. This is something altogether bigger. So I really respected how they handled yeah. that framing of it. Um, and I think it is a shame that we don't get to see them. And also yeah. as a D and D fan, like damn shame. Oh. Absolutely. Oh. I got a whole series of comments on that. But Alex, <laughs> you uh, brought this up at the beginning of our conversation, I think, about how this episode was important to you, too. And I don't want to control <laughs> all of the conversation. So no, no, it's, it's why, great. It's great. Know, why, I, I really appreciate it. I, I, this is what I do in conversations. I really like seeing how it just flows organically. And then I, tr I find my, my spots to, uh, so, so I appreciate you, Caleb, you, you and I are in sync and where, where we're going with things. Um, it's, it's really good. Um, it's no, that I, I dad connection. It, it <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, uh, this is, uh, I'm being intentional by having this conversation. Uh, and, and when I saw you guys do your podcast, I was like, I, I've hinted at, at my own um, journey through things in different uh, episodes. I actually even cut out a big chunk when I actually talked to uh, one of the writers. I ended up saying a bunch of stuff to him. And I was like, yeah, I probably I'm going to dial that one back. Uh, but, you know, I think I, I'm becoming more and more um, uh, confident and emboldened by normalizing a conversation about mental health. The, the symptoms, mm -hmm. um, you know, what I, yeah, it shouldn't be a big deal that I say, you know, I have bipolar, you know, that I, I have ADD, like, mm -hmm. it's just a part, you know, there are wonderful things that, that because I have those things, uh, those diagnoses, I, there are wonderful benefits of, of those things. There are some really shitty things that, uh, that come about and, you know, there aren't a whole lot of really good medium to present the symptoms, the diagnoses, the treatments, the warning signs. And that's what I see in this episode. And, and I think, uh, Chase, you, you did a great job of explaining that. Like this, there, the representation of, uh, of Neil giving the D and D books, the thing that he loves to, um, Jeff is, is this is a warning sign of yeah, depression. Sure. Mm -hmm. And this is a warning sign about, you know uh, where this character is headed, and good on Jeff to like to know. I mean, cl clearly I, they're writing it in a way that his character has enough awareness to go, "Oh shit!" Like, you know, it's probably because he knows ultimately he did something to contribute to that. But um, well, you want to hear but, my half baked theory? Yeah, sure. I, my half baked theory is that Jeff Winger also, at some point in his life, also went through uh, a period of depression and ideation. Yeah. Uh, and so he knows the signs, not because he learned about them, because let's face it, he doesn't care that much, but yeah. because 
he knows them personally. And yeah, I have, totally. as we go on, we also yeah. learn about his upbringing and, you know, we know his relationship with his dad is messed up and we hear about his, even like with the, the, the foosball episode, we get to know about like his like super young childhood. Like this guy has gone through some shit and we get to see how like that manifested in an inflated yeah. ego later on. So I, that's my yeah. half-baked theory is that like, no, it's Jeff a great on, theory. It's a good theory. Yeah. Jeff puts on airs a lot. And like, there's a lot that I can self identify with in that where he can sit there in the episode where Pierce is acting like he's dying and act like he's fine, but then has these like outbursts that like a lot of people will watch and laugh at, but like there, there's a damaged, um, there's a, there's a level of damage oh, to broken. that like, reaction that you see that's like, ooh, <laughs> like, yeah, this is funny and it's being played for the funny, mm-hmm. but it's also indicative of, like, a guy who's never, who's realized and had maybe didn't even need to realize, has always been aware of the fact that, like, he's missing something. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and and this, Jeff also, throughout the show, throughout the show, not to take away from Neil, but Jeff throughout the show has these turns, right, where he just, like, his personality completely changes mm-hmm. um, and shows like a type of manic side to how he like reacts to not being in charge or reacts to not having full control Wait, over just, something or I, reacts to like any of that. And so when, when I think when Neil hands him that stuff, like it's, it's important to point that out because Jeff's not super observant. He's kind of self-centered, mm-hmm. but he saw something that I think that, yeah, I think is a, he related easily, to it. He saw easily, it because he yeah, knew it personally. That, like he, he recognized. I also am now remembering the GI Joe episode, where he later on, uh, you know, kind of stupid. Like we, we, it's it's vague as to whether or not it was intentionally putting himself in the hospital. It's kind of played as like it was an accident. You know, because he's like, yeah. oh, I'm getting old, and let me take these like uh, anti aging pills or whatever it is. Um, but like it's. It's that also kind of strikes me as that. And it's interesting to kind of see how his character kind of fluctuates between like, you know, even when he's like, you know, the, the self, the whole, like, Oh, I take care of myself and I exercise and like, I'm in this good shape. It's because it makes him feel better about himself, which is why he knows dives so hard when his cholesterol goes up. Like there's a lot of little hints as to, as to why, you know, even it's even pointed out uh, in Abed's uh, films where he's like, he's actually really insecure about a lot of stuff. Like this, it it's like, I, the more I think about it, the more little hints I think there are to place that Jeff is intimately familiar with this kind of behavior. And I think that there's something about this episode that ultimately humanizes a character that is genuinely kind of difficult to like. Not in the same sense as Pierce, who's like, in my opinion, genuinely like i don't like him i don't think ever i don't think there's Hmm. ever a moment where i like pierce and he actually actively makes me kind of not like the show at points but like jeff is one of those where you're like i i I feel kind of weird about you and this episode really humanizes him and i think that's a great loss for a show whose protagonist you need to have some reason to like there, there are, and I, I don't, I am not trying to come running to the defense of this dude, but there are <laughs> moments where Pierce gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you, spe- I, yeah. specifically the sailing episode when he talks about how fucking 
<laughs> how broken he was coming out of his mom when he was born and how he was like if i ever just let the world tell me i should quit because i was bad at it i wouldn't be here like that shit gets me but like yes most of pierce is a, 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 a trope i shout at in the void yeah, <laughs> yeah. i have laughed at his um, bits but before, sometimes but yeah. sometimes he has gold no he does um, have good bits every once in a while i will concede yeah. I still don't like that guy, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I really, I really love this episode's like ability to bring the entire group together about one thing, um, and perhaps you could argue that that's not only um, them helping Neil, but also them hating Pierce and teaming up on Pierce because he's a jerk. Um, but uh, it's and it's full of so many gems, guys. Like it's full of so many gems. Like yeah, Annie, <laughs> Annie romancing the <laughs> stable mate, uh, so good. man, and Troy's taking notes. Oh, <laughs> it's so good, and it's also oh, yet another friends, example of Abed so doing good. characters. And I love when Abed does a character. Yeah, and then and Jeff leans over to Britta and is like, "It's it's just a character," and she's like, "I wouldn't expect you to understand." <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> It's so good. Yeah. So good. Friends, this episode is so good. It's a great episode. Yeah, and I think I wanted to point out, we've talked about Neil, um, and I just want to point out Charlie Koontz, who's the actor, uh, who just, I think this is like his quintessential episode of, of how good of an actor he is. And I I just love supporting the character, the actors who, who made Community. Um, and so to lose this, like, his best episode of, of community, uh, probably of TV and uh, at all, um, is, it's just a bummer for him as an actor, um, as well. Yeah, I for just, sure. For sure. Yeah. And the other thing that I point out about Neil is I really appreciate you all just calling him Neil. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, heard enough people who refer to him with the F word. And, and, uh, I think it's, you know, I think it's really important. So there's a whole episode of dedicated. This episode is dedicated about how these names, how innocuous his bull, Jeff's bullying was. It's you know, there's. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a point that there's two types of bullying in this episode. There's the the obvious Pierce bullying, very acute, obvious bullying, but the bullying of of this of the innocuous name that uh, Jeff gives Neil. Um, I don't know. I just think that. Uh, it's we lose this that kind of subtlety uh, in mm-hmm. the conversation when we when we lose this episode. I th- yeah, and that's also something that like I don't I don't like something I uh, attached to right because like I had friends who tossed that around nonchalantly when I was in high school, and like that was mostly freshman year, sophomore year, but like because I ended up getting in really good shape playing baseball, which is absolutely not of my own. Like I'm going to be healthy. And instead, like I want to play. <laughs> um, and then they came back when I stopped playing baseball and like friends would like jokingly say it. And it was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. That hurts people. I think- and like those people have since stopped, but it wasn't because I said anything, which is another thing, right? Is that there's so many times where this happens and people are like, well, if you didn't like it, why didn't you just say it? Hmm. But like, it's such a disarming feeling to be like made little mm-hmm. by a name 
by an insult that yeah. like oftentimes you're not going to say anything about it. You're just going to put your head down and just add that to that bank account that's just overdrafting on your own emotional strength mm. because they're just going to keep saying it and you're just going to keep adding it to that. And like, yeah, like seeing that in the show and being something that I could like, oh shit, okay. People, other people also understand this sucks. Yeah. It's not yeah. just the people that are, you know, tone deaf uh, is great. Right. I think it's there's great. also something kind of fun to pull it back to uh, one of the initial discussions about race um, a little bit. Something that acts as a really interesting metaphor. The idea that you said that we're seeing bullying in two separate, very distinct forms. I think is really important to also just discuss, you know, the way that we talk about race in America. You know, we we came to a point where racism still exists in the blatant, acute, pierce form, right? Um, but almost more damaging, the one that we see, because if we look at the episode, right, Neil is ultimately more hurt by the insidious form of bullying than he is by Pierce's nonsense. Because in the end, he thanks Pierce for, quote, the best game he's ever played. But yeah. when we look at uh, the way – this is a bit of a weird stretch. I'm not trying to compare the struggles of mental health with uh, racism, even though there are ties. Uh, I think it's important to note that insidious forms of subjugation or oppression or belittling, however you want to phrase it um, – are almost more harmful because they're harder to pick out and they're harder to address and they're harder to dismantle. You know, if someone's yeah. being blatantly fat phobic or racist or transphobic, any of these things, it's easy to be like block, not talking to you ever again. But if somebody's doing something really just like where if you, it's, 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 it's like this weird kind of like gaslighting feeling of being like, I'm not even allowed to get mad because then it looks like I'm overreacting. Um, yeah. And so let's, uh, oh, go ahead. Go, no, ahead, go ahead. That was, go that was the end of that thought. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Um, it's the, a, a shield is made to block things you can see. Right. And so a sword being swung at you, you just, oh yeah. But a thousand little arrows while they don't do as much to damage. Right. I'm a nerd. I'm a huge do nerd. It. I'm We're realizing that as I say it. It's perfect. <laughs> it's yeah. But like, uh, the direct, right. The direct and overt pierce isms are swords mm -hmm. and you've got a shield and you can block those and you can even learn how to hit them with that shield so that they kind of slide off of you mm -hmm. but if if you just get a constant river of arrows falling down on you you can't block all of those Thousands of tiny and sometimes beams. even if you do it still pokes through and jabs you mm -hmm. so like and it adds up it's yeah yeah, there's a reason why wars of war of attrition is a is a strategy, guys. Like, yeah. there's there's a reason why that's a strategy, because wearing something down is as is literally as lethal as killing it, hitting a weak point, right? Like, mm. and what people don't realize is that a lot of these things that are said especially in like middle school and high school where kids are just the fucking worst to yeah. each other and because they don't realize it right i'm not trying to like <laughs> i'm not trying to accuse children of being I could, bad i, could I am go on and, and like on about i hate it. you well there's you very easily could say that children are very bad people <laughs> i will but they, they also just lack a filter right they just lack a filter well, they don't, also they i don't mean understand. i, I want to jump in as, as someone because i have a very specific perspective on this as someone that is trans and with the trans community there is 
the idea of puberty occurring more than once and what it's like to kind of come into your identity. And in these moments of middle school and high school, we're coming into understanding ourselves and we're really sensitive to the world around us and where we see ourselves in this world. And it's it's in those moments where we're most susceptible to these insidious cultural cues that we don't even have words for or recognize. That's why you see this weird uptick in misogyny, in homophobia, like in racism, in really toxic behaviors, because it's kids who are in this moment of trying to find themselves by tuning into the world around them, catching on to these patterns that we don't actively talk about, these insidious patterns. So I don't think it's that kids are bad. I think it's that at that point in time, Kids are the most in tune with the way the world exists around them without understanding the world that exists around them. And as they get past that, then they learn about the world around them and they go, oh, that's where that comes from. That's why I should oh, yeah. say that. So I don't, 100%. So when I look yeah, at it, it's, it's all like about these education. kids are menaces, not because they're bad, but because they're truly lightning rods for all of the actual toxic stuff that is completely ingrained in our society. You know, it's bad. Yeah. It's sad. It's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I think the what I find in my own, you know, I am a, a parent. So what I can see in 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 different types of kids is whether or not how much they've learned to empathize. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. see that with adults. You know, you you can see, you know, clearly in in this case, Jeff is trying to learn some empathy, but had no empathy in the time when he decided to call Neil fat Neil, uh, you know, as if that, you know, just wouldn't like, there's no implication for the things that he says, you know, Pierce is no empathy because he's just blatantly going after, um, uh, Neil. And at the time, but what I find beautiful about this story is that you have this bullied, person who is the hero of this story because mm -hmm. how does it get resolved he is finds empathy for the antagonist when the antagonist d least deserved empathy mm -hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely well damn alex shit way to bring <laughs> it home <laughs> well you know i i, I don't know I, I wrote some of this those thoughts out ahead of time so I, that's it helps yeah, me to go still, ahead you still had those thoughts though like those are still yeah. your yeah. thoughts you know yeah. well I, I try with with my it's uh it's a journey with having kids uh yeah it's a it's Beautiful though I, I, you know, this is a total tangent, but I celebrate. I don't celebrate Mother and Father's Day. I celebrate, you know, like the people in in my kids' lives who act in ways that are just like motherly or fatherly or whatever. Parental, yeah. Parental. I love that because because it's um you know there's just I have uh, a brother and sister in law you know they foster into adopt and um. They're, I don't know. They, they, it's just really just a, a foster situation now. So they're not kind of parents, but like they're great role models to my kids for mm -hmm. being empathetic and caring for people. And it's like I want to celebrate that. Yeah. So I'm constantly trying to to give if, you know that empath empathy story to my kids. And clearly, you know, Jeff didn't have that. Clearly, Pierce didn't have that. And we, right. we learn from both of their stories of how shitty of a parent their dads were in their lives or, you know, their moms were in their lives anyway. So it's, uh, uh, we learn these behaviors, uh, from, from the people around us and, you know, good on, 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 uh, Neil for 
clearly he had, you know, he's going through the struggle. I can so relate because I think my parents are really empathetic, caring people. Um, but I go through my own, you know, story of, of my mental health journey. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you're just so overwhelmed by that, but it would never overdo undo the empathy that my parents taught me and so i i I just relate to neil because i would just be so destroyed by something that pierce would do or or jeff would do in in this kind of way this example but i would never lose that empathy and just go you know what i really feel sorry for you uh, for you pierce because you clearly are so i'll i'll just say i'll so fucked up that this is how you behave so, so anyway <laughs> yeah no 100 yeah. percent. and yeah. it's it takes a lot of fucking patience for any human being yeah a lot of patience and a lot of forgiveness and maybe not even forgiveness just like tolerance and not in the like religious tolerance and yeah. like the pain <laughs> tolerance um for any human being to look at somebody who's being that aggressively antagonistic towards them and being like you know this isn't about me. I also it's a problem that you've got, and yeah. like I'm sorry about that. And there's been a couple examples that have been really f- not fun because that's a weird way of describing it, but Ironic. really interesting to come across of like even celebrities noticing somebody's like vitriol towards them and and them being able to step outside their own you know very very <laughs> hormonal brain and being like, hold up, this isn't about me. Like what's going on? How how can I help? Like that's I've seen that happen mm-hmm. a few times, and it's wild because I have no idea if I would have the yeah. presence to do that every yeah. time I it love happens that to you me. You used the word tolerance, not in the uh, in like the reverse dynamic than how we normally hear it. I, you know, I think we hear very frequently like, like excuse me, I got hiccups. I don't even know why. Um, <laughs> get hiccups when I'm excited. Um. <laughs> I, 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 we're so used to hearing tolerance and like, we're teaching tolerance, you know, acceptance. Um, and usually when it comes to, in my experiences with like the trans community, tolerance of the trans community, or for a long time, we heard tolerance used to describe like, uh, progress in so far as racism and stuff like that. Um, but one of the things that bothers me about the use of that word in that context is it implies that people tolerate you. They don't accept you. They don't love you. They tolerate you. And to hear tolerance used in the opposite almost feels more fitting when you are met with hate to be able to show tolerance to that hate. Yeah. You've got to have high pain tolerance yeah. <laughs> to be to be anybody that's afflicted by anything that puts you in any minority category, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's mental illness or or uh, physical disability or a lack of like, you know, ableness or uh, orientation or like any of those things, right? Any of those things that put you in a group that the others will then label as a minority, like you, like, first of all, I'm sorry, because being in those groups sucks because it means you're going to have to have this Mm -hmm. and this is tolerance, right? You're going to have to be able to you're no longer able to put your heart back in your chest. You just kind of have to wear it on your sleeve now. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you're going to have to deal with a lot of people who otherwise would not have said or interacted or had anything to do with you who are going to feel like they must say something now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, man, let me tell you, the my Facebook over the last month Ooh. and a half has been the most exhausting 
thing I've experienced in a long, and I live a pretty, I live a pretty good life. Uh, I know there are people that go through worse, but like hopping onto Facebook to see how my friends are doing and instead hopping onto Facebook and finding out who my friends are. Damn. Hmm. It's yeah, two damn. different, wow. two things I did not think I was going to have to sure. <laughs> re- uh, reconcile. And that's what, that's what this last month has been. Um, and I can only imagine how that is for people when they come out or people who, um, are, are public about being, I've said things about being depressed and people have been like, well, why don't you just get happy? And it's like, fuck. Yeah, fuck you. You. With <laughs> both little fingers. Could, right. <laughs> or even like two fisting identities. Like, like to <laughs> exist in a realm where you, uh, you, you, uh, your identities intersect with each other, you know? I mean, we talk about marginalization. Um, it's it's weird to refer to them as a hierarchy because that's not entirely how it works, but it is important to acknowledge them as an interconnected web. You know, uh, Kimberly Crenshaw referred to it as intersectionalism, and we hear it referred to frequently, although it's not necessarily uh, you know regarded with the amount of respect that's due to it. When it comes to being, you know, like you're saying, you know, like it's it's one thing when you come out, like what is that like? And as a non-binary person, I come out almost every day. You mm. know. Um, you know, just because people, you know, I, when I enter a room, I tell people my pronouns. Um, and that's like, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. But then also yeah, my sure. experience isn't the same as, you know, like a black trans person, you know, that there's that intersection, you know, and then there's also like, it's, it's just knowing how these identities intersect. And I, it's like, you know, we look at these things and it's like, huh, it's, it's exhausting. And, you know, and it's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, we, we have all we have is each other. And, you know, as long as we kind of maintain that, that, that realm of solidarity and we continue to stay organized and connected and communicating, that's all we can do because like, it's, it's all a bug's life, man, you know, by ourselves, we're just one ant, but when we come together, we can take down these fucking grasshoppers. We're all tiny little ants. Yes. Uh, can I, be afforded one small tangent that I just yeah, realized yeah. and has me very excited. So I've been for years infatuated by cyberpunk as a genre yes. and in my writing, in my, in my uh, development, like every aspect of what I want to be as a creator, I have been unable to escape. I've been unable to obtain escape velocity from the orbit of cyberpunk, whether it's, Pure cyberpunk or steampunk, all the punk mm-hmm. trade-offs. And I think I just realized why I fucking love cyberpunk. It's one of the most fucking transhumanist oh, genres that exists. Yeah, because like every cyberpunk thing that's out there, humans don't give a fuck about their identity anymore. It's like we're all mixed, we're all whatever. You can do whatever you want. I'm not gonna come after you for it because like that's the way the world is now. Right. And I hope someday we get there. I know that the rest of cyberpunk fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of like just a society built on transhumanism, ugh. That makes well, me so I'll happy. I'll say this one time and I'll say it for the rest of my life. But I look forward to fully automated luxury gay space communism. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that shit. Fully automated luxury gay space communism. And it's gay because we've abolished gender. Therefore, everything's gay. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, folks. um, (laughs) What a... a That's that's way to bring it home. That's not... (laughs) 
<laughs> that's not me uh, condemning that at all. That's just me going, you're wrinkling my brain with, with new ideas. <laughs> yeah, so, sure, sure. That's, that's me. Uh, um, damn, I, I really... Uh, I really hope from from all of this that you have. Uh, I feel like I've got three new friends in in the in three new. Um, I don't know, I don't want to use this word, but allies. But I you know I use this that in the sense that like you know it does suck. This world does suck. That you know you need as many people in your connect connectivity that like that are good people because Lord knows I've got enough people in the in my orbit that are not that way and and. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I just uh, appreciated the conversation tonight. Yeah, um, absolutely. So. absolutely. We, we love Thanks we love an ally and we love an accomplice, to... you know? Yeah. Ooh, accomplice. That's, that's my favorite <laughs> one. It's like an ally is someone it. that's like, yeah, I'm with you. An accomplice is someone that will get there on the Yo, ground. Yo, I'll go to jail with you. Like, <laughs> it's, it's when you go to a protest and they say white bodies to the front. When you throw your body in front of a black person mm. to make sure that cop doesn't get you, that's an accomplice. That's wow. what I want in my life. So I will gladly yeah, be sure. an accomplice for you. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I'm starting with, 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 you know, my nephew, like I said, and, uh, I'm trying to do my Shouts best. Out to Jasper. To, yes. <laughs> um, uh, he's so great. Uh, and I, I look <laughs> forward to, you know, he just turned 18 and I look forward to a lifetime of like, anyway, I'll just, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, glowing about, uh, a really great you know new relationship that uh anyway yeah, so, dude. yeah absolutely. Um, but is there any other thoughts that we have uh, about this episode i have one i don't want to overstay welcome <laughs> no, but no 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 there's I'm been good. i'm good okay there's there's been a development and i don't know how deep this development is but it's worth noting but there's uh i can't remember the person's name so forgive me while i scroll but recently uh, someone who used to work at wizards of the coast uh orion black um is the twitter account orion d black they uh quit working for wizards of the coast in the D division because they seemed to be extremely prejudiced mm. And like hiring black people for a quota and like, I can't, I can't speak to this obviously because it's not my experience, but they have a, a pretty long and pretty damning account of trying to work there and like be a voice for marginalized communities and being, uh, batted back down and being looked over for promotions and not being given assignments and having to find their own work until they just couldn't do it anymore. Hmm. And so there's kind of a movement right now for people to move away from D&D until they can acknowledge some of the problems that wow. they've allowed to happen. Hmm. Um so I I have a D&D real play podcast that like I'm doing with my family and like it's something that we've been thinking about of like do we should we move to another system in solidarity, right? And there's also just so many different tabletop RPGs that are made by marginalized community, people from the marginalized communities, um, or just allow more freedom to be a member of one of those communities and play the game and like feel like people paid attention to you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't want to like tell you what to do, but look into that. Think about that. I can... Um, shoot you a link to the 
the twit what is it what is the website people are using to to do long twit longer oh yeah whatever that is mm. yeah yeah okay. yeah um please do i can yeah so you can share it um it's a it's worth it's worth reading and like understanding that it's happening mm. right we're in an age where learning is the most important thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's, you know, kind of we summarize this episode now and we summarize what to do with this episode. I, I feel like, I, you know, I'm, I have a commu- I'm in the mental health community of, you know, and I, I want us to, to be able to normalize that. But I also, if it means getting rid of this episode because this is offenses of people, then, then let's take it down. But if there's something more that we could do with it, it's kind of like what you're saying. I think that if there's we need to educate ourselves more and and get behind movements to actually make change then you know i i think putting a bumper in front of this episode to 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 call out what this is and educate you know even if geez if even if it takes a minute of like of 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 screen captions and and like describing the history of of uh you know uh, tolkien and, and those kinds of things like God, that's what we should be doing. This is like, yeah, I, I don't know. yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, any, anything less of that, I personally find to be a misuse of platform. Um, so yeah, you've got a, an opportunity. There's an opportunity that an exists. Opportunity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's like calling a master bedroom and going through that whole thing. It's like, well, that doesn't like do anything. It's like, like okay, Jesus, we're, right. we're past that. Right. It's like it's. Yeah. <laughs> Let's like it's like calling it the master bedroom doesn't kill someone. So like I think yeah. we're okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come on, with people. great ability comes great responsibility. It's yeah. nice to know where the word came from, but like yeah. we're not dying over here. So yeah, yo, yeah. yo, I was today years old when I thought about that. Mm. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> that's that's wild. Yeah. Oh man, I was like, "What are you? What is? What does this have to do with anything?" No, there's Why a whole bring up, yeah. No, there's I like a bunch of realtors that were like, "We're not going to use this term, master bedroom, anymore," um, because we're going to call it primary bedroom. And and I, I don't actually think the etymology of the word actually refers to slavery. I think it actually has to do with other like building terms, like master master beam and those kinds of things. But that's sure. not the issue. The issue is like empty gestures that are like really like yeah. i think we need to do some fucking <laughs> yeah, hard but work what here about to like, the police <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah or or actually showing ho- houses to like you know a black family that not yeah. not just sending them over to a different place you're your your implicit oh, bias house, is redlining them the housing like, industry oh, yeah, is dude. is just the deepest yeah. darkest hole of stuff there's stories going around of literally people uh, getting their house appraised um, and it coming back way too low, and then yeah. like literally getting um, like then literally the mom and child being like, "All right, we're gonna leave while the appraisal comes in. We're gonna remove all the pictures of our black relatives, and we're gonna do and then instead of and then we're gonna play super like white music, and then an appraisal coming back, and they're." the new appraisal is $160,000 higher. Like it's, I know someone who literally had their foster sister come and act like the owner of the house to get it appraised. It's it's Uh, It's so insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's, that's like if the real estate uh, industry wants to do something practical, Hey, how about you go try that? Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you quit being dicks. They don't don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, um, uh, Caleb, Chase, Kevin, I just want to thank you so much for educating me and, and being a part of this conversation. I feel like uh, I learned a lot and, and got a lot out of it. Hopefully, listeners do as well. And, um, you know, uh, I, I just thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a ton for having us yeah, on. Yeah, this has been a, a fantastic platform to be able to play with. And uh, it's been an absolute joy getting to speak with you about these things. You're, you're a fantastic host. You're really good at kind of keeping things moving in a productive direction. So thank cool. you. Cool. All right. Did we lose Kevin? Nope. Still here. Just uh, right. <laughs> seemed like y'all had it handled. I didn't have anything more to say. I just, I ate some trail mix. I was having a gay old time over here. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right.